in spirit of what we were saying at the beginning of uh, the podcast, I'd like to talk about the political activities during the uh, mandate in Palestine. Mm-hmm. It's like the need, the need for Palestinian freedom is uh, not in reaction of the uh, Zionist movement, but in reaction of British colonization. Like throughout the uh, 20s, 30s, and 40s, there's, many, there's plenty of examples of Palestinians convening with each other to uh, advocate for their independence. But uh, as, as Zionist violence does proceed to go on, um, the Palestine, Palestinians do react uh, more and more to Zionist violence. Like, uh, when, I was, when I was doing some research into uh, Palestinian political activity, in the uh, mandate, I, I was like just I was amazed to find uh, certain things like you'd have rallies. Looking at some of the events that happened, one of the uh, things that was uh, promoted right before the mandate during World War One was a unified Arab state in the uh, McMahon uh, Hussein Agreement, and in 1919, the uh, Palestinian Congress rejects the Balfour Declaration and demands to join uh, Syria as a as a part of the pan-Arab movement. Mm-hmm. It's like Syria, Damascus has always been a significant player in pan-Arab, pan-Arabism. And Palestine, not just Palestine, but uh, other countries have have requested to be a part of Syria. Levantine Arabs. And not just that, uh, there has been wider movements across Arabia of pan-Arabism, but these are some notable ones. Like, uh, just a year later, on February 27th, the Palestinian Congress meets to uh, meets in Damascus to be a part of Syria. And not just that, like, in a, a few months prior to that, there was a call for unification between Palestine, Lebanon, Syria, and Jordan. Notably, um, pretty much all of what you just said is part of uh, what a lot of the Israeli leaders are proposing as Greater Israel. Oh yes, like I'm I've not sure that. if you saw that press conference. I I, I paid attention to a lot of uh, Israeli expansion doctrine. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, they believe they uh, there's this thing Greater Israel from the Nile to the Euphrates or mm-hmm. to the Tigris. Um, basically, they want to be they want to be uh, bordering Egyptian Delta and border Iran. They pretty much want. Uh, all the Levant, Mesopotamia, uh, Sinai, uh, Nile, the Nile Basin. And I guess when you consider that, it's not really about Jewish people wanting to just exist in the Middle East, oh, oh. right? It's like very nakedly an expansionist movement. Yeah. Right. And it it show it, it has been shown uh, during the uh, early anti-Semitic attacks of the nineteen nineteen hundreds. Uh, Zionist violence has surged against uh, Mizrahi Jews across Arabia and North Africa. Like some cases of of bombs being thrown into uh, synagogues to inspire people to leave these Arab countries and to flock to this newfound Israel. So the bombs being thrown in the synagogues are a, it's like a Zionist Zionist uh, false flag. Yeah, it's a Zionist tactic to uh, create a sense of fear amongst Jews in those communities. That they're not wanted there, and so they uh, leave to uh, increase the population of uh, Jewish immigrants to Palestine. And I suppose like that's kind of um, that was a strategy. Yeah. Right. And another thing, uh, when you were saying it's not it's not about uh, Jewish existence in uh, 
me try to speak up here. It's not about Jewish existence in uh, Palestine or the Middle East. It's just purely expansionism and uh, supremacy because uh, Palestine wasn't their first choice. They had multiple choices, and I'm sure you know. Some mm -hmm. of these were uh, proposed. Uh, Uganda, Argentina, Madagascar, Alaska. Uh, plenty of different options across the across the world to mm -hmm. establish a Jewish state. I believe Palestine was the last option there. Yeah, I, I am aware of like all the alternatives yeah. that were proposed. Um, but notably, they were all kind of areas that would have been prime spots for or have already been victims of colonization. Yeah. So they were very much... Uh, they very much wanted to take Zionism and the idea of establishing a Jewish state and attach it to colonialism to use that as a route uh, toward establishing the state. Mm. Yes. For sure. And I've always said like... Right, there's like there's no problem with Jewish people existing in Palestine. Definitely not. They all, they've always existed there. Mm -hmm. Like for at least the last uh, fourteen hundred years, they existed there under Islamic peace. And that's like a that's a big point that a lot of uh, Zionists bring up, right? Is they'll say, "Did you know that there were Jewish people in Palestine?" Um, but of course, it doesn't make Israelis Jewish, or not, it doesn't make Israelis um, indigenous. Yeah, there was also Jewish people Palestine. in Greece about three thousand years ago. Does right. that mean they should own Greece? Exactly. Um, and that's, that goes for like anybody, right? Yeah. Um, like no, if Christians came here and said, we want to establish a state for Christians, I, that's wrong, right? Yeah. Like it's not about, it's not about Jewishness. It's about, it's a being against like a supremacy. Yeah, I don't believe statehood right? should be determined by religion. That's like, that's part of like, that's like a theocracy, right? Well, what I mean is, uh, I believe in religious, har religious harmony in a state, mm -hmm. but I don't believe statehood should be determined exclusively by the religious body leading it. Like, mm -hmm. uh, for example, the Zionists trying to establish a uh, Jewish religious state. Like, mm -hmm. uh, not in a theocracy, for example, like, in certain theocracies, you can have uh, multiple religious communities li living there. Mm -hmm. But then, like, you would have one that is supreme over the others in a yeah. theocracy? or. Yeah. It's like, for example, uh, under under um, under Islamic theocracies, mm -hmm. there lived uh, multiple there lived multiple religious groups. Like, for example, Jew, uh, Jews and Christians lived peacefully and flourished under Islamic theocracies. Mm -hmm. What I'm implying is that I don't believe that uh, a state should be exclusively for one religious group. Mm -hmm. That's the problem, right? That's what yeah. makes it. Uh, that's what makes it a fascist state. Yeah. Uh, particularly in Israel's case, where you have like uh, the nation-state law being the basic law of Israel for the Jewish people. Yes, yeah, saying yeah. that because that's the problem, right? Is as soon as you say that a state is for somebody, it immediately creates a group of people who it is for not not for. Yeah. Right. Mm. It's like uh, something that uh, I just I heard of, and I got look I I got to look into it more. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm not sure if I said this on the podcast, but uh, I'm not just Palestinian. I'm half Indigenous Canadian. There was claims that the indigenous people of the of the Americas are the twelve lost tribes of Israel, and that's a, a justification for Zionists to take over the Americas. Well, wait, where are the where are these claims? They're just uh, just some random claims I heard from uh, certain uh, Zionist mouthpieces. Okay, if, uh, probably on like on like Twitter, maybe or or uh, social media or. Let me let me look it up real quick. Okay, because like I just don't, I don't want to speak out of my ass, but like no, this is okay. so, this is some stuff I actually heard and it's laughable. Because when it comes to like history and tracing origins and things like that, there are so many different theories out there, 
and there are so many different uh kind of like interpretations right mm. um and you know like the one that i know is uh kind of like the idea of the black israelites oh, yeah. that uh kanye was pushing quite heavily i don't know if you remember that when he went on his whole thing there mm. yeah well i think but, it's because uh moses musa the mm-hmm. one who led the israelites out of uh tyranny was mm-hmm. uh supposedly a black man uh i see mm. So I guess both sides of your identity, as you just mentioned, like being indigenous to Canada, to the Americas and then being indigenous to the Holy Land. It's like uh, nothing the Zionists don't want to take from me. So you have on like two fronts, you're kind of battling a lot of, um, you know, a lot of uh, stereotypes and a lot of kind of like colonial myths too. Yeah. Like I'm leaning more towards uh like I lean more towards like Palestinian identity because like I'm actively fighting for the apartheid Palestine. I like to actively fight for the apartheid that Palestine is facing against, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm just as uh, native to uh, the Americas. Like okay, I just pulled it up right here. Okay. When Native Americans were the lost tribes of Israel. Oh, it's in it's an art and it's in an article. Yeah, the, like just a bunch of articles reporting on it. Like for example, uh, a Jewish source called My Jewish Learning. And, uh, but native, correct me if I'm wrong, but indigenous people have been in the Americas long before Jewish, um, Jewish theology. Yeah. So I'm not sure how exactly, how exactly does that have any ground? Right. I know it's preposterous. It is. Like every single one of their claims is preposterous. That's like, uh, archeological, uh, discoveries within the last uh, decade or so found that natives have been here for a few uh, tens of thousands of years, around 30,000 years. Mm-hmm. And you still have, uh, like, for example, that thing I just pulled up, one of the sources pushing that is My Jewish Learning. And if you have uh, supposed Jewish sources pushing this, which are actually Zionists, mm-hmm. it just goes to show that they have a very expansionist imperial doctrine. And they're, they're actually pushing this. How do you How do you feel... Uh, you know, as a as an indigenous to Canada and a Palestinian man, like how how does that come across to you when you see at the protests there are indigenous leaders as well as Palestinian advocates, and they kind of tend to mix the cultures, and it's uh, just one big call, right? I think, oh God, who do I stand next to? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I feel I feel so happy. Uh, I get along with both crowds quite well. Um, I I don't I don't really feel that there's a separation there, and mm-hmm. I don't I don't really have to answer that question because it's, it's sort of it's, it's one, one to me one struggle right yeah it's just one to me yeah there uh, it, the struggle of indigenous tribes in uh, especially my tribe the Blackfoot reminds mm-hmm. me a lot of uh, the struggle of Palestinians in the West Bank the uh, illegal land inquiries um, the the apartheid locking in people not allowing them to leave not allowing people to enter without government permission and if permission was given it was rarely few and far between given that also applied to the blackfoot on their reserves people weren't allowed to enter or people weren't allowed to leave um without government permission that was hardly ever issued out you see uh, like the idf has kind of become like the indian agents of yeah. palestine like in the, the west rcmp Bank. and idf same thing mm-hmm one and the same. Yeah, it's like the, the RCMP was created to displace indigenous people and to police mm-hmm. them. And uh, in a way, it still functions for that exact yeah. purpose. 
Yeah, they just hide it a little bit better now. Yeah, it's it, it's like we live in a new age of uh, liberal belief and uh, fascists caring about public relations. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, right. liberal to me, a liberal ideology is just fascists caring about public relations with minorities. <laughs> it's uh, that's it's just like you put you're putting makeup on a pig. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I know. That's why I get so fed up with liberals sometimes, right? Yeah. Because you see a lot, a lot of liberals uh, who will do this thing. You know, they will wear the orange T-shirt. Oh. They will. Uh, they will do everything reconciliation, right? Mm. And then when it comes to the question of uh, Palestine, you get one of two answers from them: either it's complicated and I don't care, or I'm a diehard Zionist. Oh yeah, it's like uh, the Zionist perspective on things. It's just a blatant lack of humanity. There's no logic behind it. It just it doesn't make sense to me mm. at all. How you can support or you can be so against the evils of one colonization? Yeah. It's like if you have uh, like you have these liberals who are condemning white people or being self-hating whites, mm-hmm. who like to who like to condemn the white race for its colonization of Asia, Africa and the Americas and uh Nazi Germany, the wars in Europe, basically all mm-hmm. the uh, all the uh, token crimes that whites are associated with throughout history. Mhm. You have them condemn that, but as soon as you confront these people with uh, a problem that other whites are committing against you, they're try they try to mediate in between it as if it's an equal but uh tit for tat thing. Mhm. Do you see do you see Israelis as white? Uh I know there's a lot of uh, colored Israelis, but mm. primarily they are white like uh I think Netanyahu is a good example of uh the model Israeli. Do you know what his real last name is? Melikowski. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. That's wild. You know, I love how he knew too. That's awesome. Yeah, for for a time in his uh, early political career, he went by Nate. Okay. So his his father dropped Milikowski, adopted uh, Net, Netanyahu. Mm-hmm. Then in his early career, he went by Nate and then readopted Netanyahu. It's it's wild. I'm going to adopt a Hebrew name. Oh yeah. And I don't even think there really are Hebrew names. They're just mumbo jumbo made up by them. It's just it's crazy because like if I like today if I converted to Judaism, yeah, and I was like, hey, I want to come live in Israel, you wouldn't be accepted as a real Jew. I wouldn't. You don't think I would be? No, they pass uh, it on as a, like an ethno religion. It's like you need to have uh, a female ancestor of it, a mother to be mm-hmm. it, because in their belief that uh, Judaism gets passed down through the mother. Through the mother, yeah. I don't have a Jewish mother, unfortunately. Mm. But if I was Jewish here, living in Canada, say, like I do have a Jewish mother, if I if I wanted to move to Israel, they would just clear a house out for me. Yeah, that's like that's so crazy because I have no connection to that land. Yeah, it it really okay. It really reminds me like uh, Israel and Canada practices. Mm-hmm. It really reminds me of uh, Nazi German practices of where you'd have to give them a family tree to make sure you didn't have any Jewish blood in you. And then in Canada, you uh, to prove your indigenous status, you have to supply a blood test or a family tree. And uh, Israel, you have to supply a family tree of a Jewish ancestry. It, it's it's just basically a reverse of uh, what the Nazi Germans did, like uh, prove you're not a minority, but now you have to prove you are a minority uh, mm-hmm. to be uh, endorsed by them, to be patted on the back. It's just this like race realist idea of catalog 
cat I was gonna say categorizing and then it came to cataloging of like cataloging people essentially mm. and deciding who gets what. Yeah. And then like the Canada thing I always found so weird too. Because it's so it's so out of place or it's so It's very fascistic. Exactly for the Canadian government yeah. to tell you as an indigenous man who qualifies as indigenous or not. Yeah. Right? It's like yeah, you have you have the invaders uh, determining how valuable your identity is, that who they destroyed and ripped mm-hmm. from you. Yeah, and then notably, I guess what you don't see a lot of, and I, I'll assume that you probably haven't seen this at all too. Um, but there's uh, there's like an alliance. There seems to be like an alliance between Palestinian people and indigenous people around the world. Yeah, I noticed that in a shared struggle. But you don't you don't see any Zionists uh, championing land back or anything like that. I think it was you, you that said this. Uh, if the Zionists really were an indigenous movement, um, I think you said this during another podcast. They would make more connections with indigenous people, but they're not. Yeah, but if I think I was talking about this, I did an episode um, where I kind of dispelled a lot of the myths about uh, Israelis being indigenous to the land. Yeah, I think it was. And, a- yeah, I see. Yeah, I remember that one. That was a while back. It was. It was a while ago. Um, but the general idea is that if Israelis are indigenous, they are the outlier. They are the most unorthodox uh, indigenous population on the face of the earth, because virtually every indigenous struggle is against a colonizer. Uh, yeah. Every indigenous struggle creates networks of unity between that go across borders. Right. Yeah. Um, but you don't see that with Israelis. You see them cozying up to the United States, to Britain, to the colonizers. And they're using right? colonial tactics as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it comes with colonial oppression, too, the identity of indigeneity. Mm. And they don't experience that. There's no unity there, right? Even if an indigenous population were to do that on a uh, supposed uh, colonial society, like... Uh, that would be that would be so cruel that'd be so evil i couldn't support even indigenous people doing that and that is no way to act if you have a claim to the land that is no way to act a uh, uh, reclamation of the land but it just goes to show that they're not i think um and of course like me as like a as a half white person saying this um, so take it with like the grain of salt that you that you must. But to me, it seems like the second that you colonize somebody else, the second you become a colonizer, you lose that indigenous the right to call yourself an indigenous person. I believe that, yeah. Yeah, just because like I guess like the idea of identity when it comes to indigenous people, like there was never before the colonizers arrived to to turtle island here right like the like i'm guessing the indigenous people never they had they didn't have this concept of indigenous because it didn't have to exist right sorry i'm just thinking out loud here you don't have to like no no i i I like the feedback and like uh before before i tackle that i was talking to a friend of mine and a lot of people who are uh, a lot of white folk who are supportive palestine are uh worried and they feel like that they're uh is a it's weird or it's odd for them to associate or to support indigenous rights movement because they think they're just some common colonizer i don't think uh i think if somebody who comes from a group of people who are historically colonial 
mm-hmm. like a white person here in the Americas who rejects uh, who rejects colonial uh, endeavors and embraces and accepts indigenous sovereignty. If they're the antithesis to that evil action, I believe they're absolved of uh, being such a thing. It's like I don't mm-hmm. believe that uh, I don't believe that uh, you should pay for the sins of your father, stuff like that. If uh, if you keep on uh, participating in such activities, you're no like you're no different than these people. Like for example, if a white person were to steal somebody's uh, house today in the Americas, they'd still be a colonizer, but. Uh, if a white person were to live side by side with everybody else on a native, on like indigenous with indigenous people, and accept their sovereignty and reject the uh, land theft, they wouldn't be a colonizer in my book. Hmm. So I, what I'm getting at is that uh, what you're saying here is that the idea of indigenous versus colonizer is a lot less about uh, like ethnicity and origin. Yes. And it's a lot more of a uh, dynamic of power. Yes, I believe so. Mm-hmm. Yes, because uh, if if we were to believe that uh, colonialism is inherently racial, that means every Im- that means we could label every immigrant, peaceful or otherwise, as being a monster, a terrorist, an invader, mm-hmm. and uh, no rules to uh, fight against them. Uh, yeah, it's not racial; it's a power struggle. Mm-hmm. No, totally. That makes like a lot of sense. Like, that was really good. For example, you have uh, like foreigners like people who come from foreign populations like you have uh people who come from uh, who descend from africa in the americas mm-hmm. like uh, people who descend from the slaves they're not colonizers because mm-hmm, they like, they didn't come as these as the power yeah right it's because it's about power and like for example the irish who are trying to escape the famine mm-hmm. they didn't come to evade or take land they came to, for food mm-hmm. they're not colonizers they're white they came for survival yeah, very much a power dynamic Yeah, as constructed by power. And I guess, like, I just, like, thinking about that, if you go along this route here of uh, sort of, like, of kind of having, like, a, if you go along this route of having a origin or racial understanding of indigeneity, then white people can, in a sense, claim indigeneity to anywhere, to Africa, right? Because uh, if you, like... Scientifically, we all share a common ancestor who came out of Africa. Um, like, and under that logic that you're using, in having like a like that understanding of indigeneity, then you can say that like the colonization of Africa was an indigenous rights movement. So I, I like that you pointed that out for sure. Yeah. Like the absurdity of uh, not understanding that it's a power struggle. Yeah, it's like uh, a lot of a lot of white folk who uh, are very dear to me. They feel alienated from supporting indigenous causes, which I really hope they don't because their their sympathies and their actions just mm-hmm. prove that they're not colonizers. And I think more uh, white people should feel less alienated by uh, causes uh, primarily led or involving people of color. Hmm. And like uh, to go to that point of um, kind of like settlers and colonizers... Uh, being coming allies with the indigenous people, 